So, I have a question. Why are Misty Knight's co-workers a bunch of fucking school children? <laughs> Those are police officers. Right? Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, the dad jokes were pretty strong. Oh my, and that's not even the dad jokes. It's like, it's the way they... One, it's like you've never seen someone with a physical ailment before. And two, it's like, <laughs> it's got one arm. <laughs> it's all very yuck yuck. Like, you're all a bunch of slack jawed morons. It's all played yeah. off like an Ab- Abbott Costello bit. Yeah. It would make more sense if they were like, if they didn't make the jokes because they could be like, oh shit. She, like, because she technically lost her arm on the job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So also, like, that dude well, who walked by her and said, need a hand, that dude deserves an ass kicking. <laughs> well, she has a. <laughs> When she gets her cyborg arm, she can do that. But here's the thing: it's like she she gets like made fun of for losing her arm, which is like whatever. Like people are dicks, right? But then like she gets this really awesome robot arm, and then people still make fun of her for it. And I'm like, if, if a coworker of mine, if no, a co-worker, I was hoping it would end. If, if, You're if telling co- me now that it doesn't. If a coworker <laughs> of mine like came in and she had like a robot arm, I'd be like. Can you like crush like cinder blocks with it? Yeah, like, here's soda can. Push it. Yeah. Can we like test this out? Like, <laughs> hey, I'm really sorry, but like, like, does this give you like way better high fives? Like, can you like measure it like on the distance so you know? Like, can your arm calculate like the perfect high five? Or will you? Or will you crush every bone in my hand when you give me a high five? There's a, there's a hand job joke somewhere in here. <laughs> oh wow! Thanks, Hunter, for those low hanging fruit. <laughs> Hunter's on fire today. Like uh, anyway, like hi everybody. Two. Uh, this is our first part one of our Netflix. <laughs> Let me try it again. Hi, <laughs> I'm Phantom Zone. This is Connor. Um, <laughs> this is our Luke Cage season two review part one. There we go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, our second ever, our second ever review of Luke Cage. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, the first what was the, the last half of season one is is the recording of that is in the ether. It's gone. Yes, it's gone. It's, uh, it's a, just it's like in the, the deepest levels of the Phantom the Zone. The one shouldn't have. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Of all the episodes that had to be Jenison, that one had to go. It wasn't even bad. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I'm Connor McGraw. We have a five, six man house. What's happening? I don't even know. Five man, I thought. Oh, uh, that's right. Man. Eric's not here yet. He hasn't creeped me out with something. <laughs> no, he's a uh, he's busy uh, building a house. Yeah, uh, apparently. Being a more, more of a man than we are. <laughs> this is true. This uh, is accurate. Uh, okay, so uh, Hunter Davenport here, back from Canada. Trudeau kicked me out. <laughs> Okay then. Um A Haro as usual. Uh I'm John Tyler. Can I get a Pranav Oyster smiling? Wait, wait what? <laughs> oh, I was just on Reddit and they were talking about how like that bit from Tim and Eric is like eight years old with Ant Man. And it's like oh. Celery Man. I don't think I watched enough Tim and Eric to ever make it that far. It's free real estate. <laughs> I, don't okay. I, I don't think I like Tim and Eric. 
But I'm All right, Connor is now fired. <laughs> Are you sure you're a real Adult Swim fan, Connor? That sure? was actually when I was like, well, you canceled all the shows I like, and now that I'm just left with this show, and I'm really resentful about it. Yeah, that and Too Many Cooks. <laughs> Damn. Too Many Cooks is so good. It's... Oh, sorry, Leo. We Did you see the follow-up? Your, I know. Your I'm just letting all the white people talk while they're doing a I will call the cops on you. So, well, I was going to say, I'm Lou Gonzalez. How do we do, me brothers? <laughs> I'm just stone day refused. You're the only one that can do that. Uh, I was playing Ultimate Alliance last night with my friend, and we were just doing it back and forth. Mm. He's, he also happens to be black. I actually so. booted up Ultimate Alliance today too because I've just kind of been in like I don't know, since Infinity War, been kind of riding a nice little Marvel high. Um, so yeah. I picked it up again. And those games are still really fun. I wish yeah. I wish X Men Legends existed in some form yeah. where I could play it right now that's exactly we were talking about that then <clears throat> the apocalypse the sequel was awesome too yeah all the same it's all the same shit yeah it's 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 four player diablo yeah. but um, graphics are awesome. just so hilariously bad oh i'm sure they are yeah we did the first one it was uh we fought winter soldier and radioactive man <laughs> yeah um I which is the, uh, which is a weird pair of pair of if you think about it oh yeah, yeah. i think the end level <laughs> boss was what was it is the giant the giant dragon it, everyone in all the villains you fight on the way to the main boss of each level is like some of the most laughable Marvel Z list characters you're able to come across. You fight Fing Fang Foom at the end of the first yeah, level. That's, that's yes, you do. The dragon. Yeah, you um, fight Scorpion, Bullseye, then it's Radioactive Man, Winter Soldier, then Fing Fang Foom. Also, it's like the kind of the cool thing about uh, Ultimate Alliance. It's like a game. Where you have like all the designs for the superheroes that don't have like their their like movie costumes. Yeah. So it's just yeah. like oh oh it's like hey it's a radioactive man with his really bad outfit you know not oh like, yeah everyone's got everyone's got delightfully horrible comic book outfits and the the cool thing is for your heroes you can pick one of four horribly amazing comic book outfits yeah, yeah. most of the characters start with their ultimate version because I think the first one came out at the same time. Yeah, yeah, and I I detest that Ultimate Iron Man look. Yeah, yeah. But, but also, Moon cool. Knight is in the game, so it's the yes, best game ever made. That's who I was playing with. I was I just kept saying Moonerangs as I hit people. Hey, you know who's in Ultimate Alliance? Luke Cage. He is. Uh, he's in, the in, in the second so game, he's like Captain America's right hand man for his side of the of the of the the faux civil war that lasted about like an hour. Yeah. <laughs> he was in the comics too. Well, I don't remember Civil War enough, right? I haven't read it in a while, so I don't remember uh, what he was. He was leading the Avengers before, right before, and then kind of took over right after. Hmm. So it was right around, right before Civil War is when him and Jessica had their kid. Okay. Um, yeah. So what does everybody think? One word to describe Luke Cage season two uh, so far in episode one through four. Bonkers? Fucking bonkers. It's it's bizarre, to say the least. But, it, but it's a good bonkers. Yeah, I, I uh, agree with that. Amusing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, elevated. Good what? choice. I like that. Yeah. Russell yeah. What? <laughs> <laughs> what? Luke. Yeah, exactly. Is he a resident Jamaican? Is he just, yeah. I hope you do indecipherable Jamaican for the rest of the episode. Eh, I'm not Jamaican, but I'm Puerto Rican, but it's close enough. I mean, like yeah. Miles away. I mean, you are not a white person. Louis, <laughs> right. we've already covered, I think we've covered that you're the ultimate diversity hire. 
I am. <laughs> Although I do want to say I don't remember which episode, but what it one where Claire and Luke talk and she brings up her stuff, I was like, oh shit, that was like very close. To Ooh, oh, I mean, yeah. we're gonna get right into that. Like that was probably the heaviest and most frighteningly emotional scene I think from all these Marvel shows so far. Like maybe a few mm-hmm. with Jessica Jones that were very uncomfortable, but that was because especially yeah. in like the time where you'll see kind of awareness about like domestic abuse all over the place and then like he mm-hmm. just punches that wall i was like oh no i mean you can call that episode the domestic abuse episode kind of yeah um that in the end of season or not the end of, end of episode two and i'm glad see. it was handled that way and not in a, a fucking hank pym way right because i think yeah. part of it was that their conversation was so intense and he kept being like stop 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 mm-hmm. and then like instead of just choosing to walk away he just lost his shit and then yeah. just the immediate like look of guilt on his face and like oh, i just fucking fucked up well i wanted like yeah. to to kind of on the way there throughout these first four episodes i really like the idea that you watch luke go from where he was in defenders in season one to kind of a conceited jerk for a little bit Oh, yeah. And you know full well you're like you're getting like humble pie is coming at you real fast soon and I'm waiting for it. Actually, by the way, like I think it'd probably be a little important to uh, check up on everyone here to see like how far they actually are in Luke Cage. Uh, I just started. We're only doing the first four episodes. I only started. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm on yeah, it. Right I stopped myself, so I don't have to rewatch it quite as much as I normally do. Because I usually do what you guys did and just watch all of it. But uh, yeah. It's way easier for me to just watch it when we before we record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I like how I also like how you watch all these kind of external sources come in, start to kind of fuck with Luke's head. Like he's basically a a small time celebrity, Uh, and then he's doing these ridiculous feats of strength on TV, and he's posing for pictures of people, and it completely goes to his head. Mm-hmm. I, that was the part of the, the entire series. I dis like I got why they did it, but it was so hokey. Oh, it totally the, is. Yes, the, yeah, the but... two ESPN things and meeting with the Jets coach. I was just like, yeah. yeah. That that was the part I was like, uh, what's going on? Well, yeah, that's yeah, really weird. The later, <laughs> world, I think the football coach brings up an interesting point about like the MCU world, where it's like, no, we can't let these people play football because if one of them plays, everyone has to have one of those. And if that's not the case, then there could be none at all. Like, we can't have – these people don't have gifts they were born with. But it's like mm-hmm. – uh, It'll age this show so bad because that guy's probably going to be fired after, like, we well, and wow. yeah. well, and so here's the thing. Is like, I think it's like if you look at how, you know, the, the Marvel Universe is very much like our own universe. And it's like if there was, like, a bulletproof, like, hero of Harlem who, like, was, like – had songs written about him, was on, like, the local, like, uh, radio yeah. and all this other stuff. It's, like, of course, like, Nike and he all these drugs other... named like, after him. Like, yeah, that's how big like, you... Well, like, mm-hmm. they had drugs named after him to basically sully his name. But it's, like, the idea that it's, like, of course, like, this guy... Like, like sports companies would go after him and basically be, like, we want to do, like, a Luke Cage Nike shoe, you know, or mm-hmm. or whatever, you know. And it's, like... And, and it's, like, I get it. Like, it didn't seem, like, too much out of the realm of possibility. Mm-mm. No, not at all. Well, okay. So much 2018 stuff in this show, because it's not yeah. like he's a hero from Harlem. And he says it multiple times. He is a black man wearing a hoodie. That's right. Bulletproof. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's, like, a ton of, like, uh, 
like make Harlem great again. There is like a lot of like a, a lot of verbiage that's used within that series that is invocative of like current day like climate. But like I also don't. I didn't think like maybe like one or two times, but like I think for the most part, like none of it seemed like right out of out it's, of line. It's true. I wasn't. I wasn't really, it's not really bothersome. No. Yeah, and I think the first season kind of cements that that like if any of these shows would be that would be the show that's kind of going to get dated real fast and really responds to the moment that we are in. This one is the one, and I, I get why they would do that. Um, they have to. Yeah, and also, but I also, I kind of think that, I consider this to be a pocket verse all to itself. So within the pocket verse, a lot of this doesn't make sense to me still, you know? Him being a celebrity, that's, okay, that's fine. Um, but in the same world as, say, Daredevil, who is just like a... A myth, <laughs> you know. <laughs> well, right. But, but I mean, Daredevil is a guy who hides in the shadows. Like, right. He, he wears a mask. Like, no one knows about him. Like, Luke Cage is a guy who walks down the street. Right. He says, "Yeah." Because I think Foggy brings it up. He's like, "I suggest the mask." And he's like, "I'm a six foot three black man who's bulletproof. Who's not going to know who I am?" Yeah, it's a steel mm-hmm. problem. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. <laughs> well, hey, wait a second. Hmm. You mean the greatest American hero of all time, Steel? <laughs> <laughs> bum, 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 bum. Knock off Robocop team. Yeah, at least they like address it in the show. Like I, I love that fact. But mm-hmm. I also love that this is kind of it isn't it isn't almost like a Defenders one point five because so much stuff from Defenders is like part of the season. Oh yeah, even in the first four episodes, this is the most crossovery season this, this, of any of these shows. This is like the most lived in show so far because in mm-hmm. the first four episodes we have cameos from Colleen Foggy. Um Oh, fuck. Yeah. Who else was there? Well, well beginning like, of five, but yeah. The, well, the, the lawyer was also in Daredevil because I think he yeah. Was mm-hmm. Well, those but, characters have always been crossing over, but like yeah. it, it, big like, main meat characters. Like only... Claire, like Claire Campbell's like a main character in Luke Cage, but she's also like a main character in like Daredevil. You know? Yeah. Right. Yeah. But this goes even deeper into the deeper into the I don't know what's it called the team or whatever the 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 extended cast of this sort of. They're barely a team. They're just Netflix more like a bunch first. of people who like collide into each other. Who had to go yeah. a bunch of ninjas. That gets, that gets addressed. I like to talk about that. But Good. I <laughs> also, I did like. Uh, I liked that Matt got a mention at least. I, oh, and that's something I've he's, he's been hoping to do. Sacrifice thing is like a, to me like that's a huge part of what Claire is going through. Mm-hmm. Like that entire yeah. aspect. I think that's what's motivating her entirely is that, and I, I really like that. And it makes sense that Luke wouldn't be the one that would be super affected by it. In the same way that it made more sense that Jess, like, almost started crying during the second season of Jessica Jones. Like, and she's not that character. That's not who yeah. that person is. But it makes sense that he would kind of like, whatever, but Claire, who Matt was her previous relationship, she is very affected by what happened and that she's trying to sort of protect Luke in a weird yeah. way from himself. And I like that Luke is basically just like, dude, nothing can hurt me. Nothing's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And I think it, it like, like, I mentioned all these external sources that make him get, that produce him as this very cocky jerk. He gets hit with a Judas bullet and somehow just walks it off. He's like, dude, I told you nothing can stop me. Right. Well, I think they basically imply that the stuff in the season one to save him actually made him stronger. Yeah. Yep. I also, Which is cool. Uh, it's like I, I I don't know if they address this in the movies or not, 
but I kind of like how it's like if you have a weapon that's made like that's related to the incident in New York, you're basically just like you are. You will be you will be black bagged and thrown into mm -hmm. a, a federal prison cell where no one's ever going to see you again. <laughs> yeah. See, I loved I loved all that because that was kind of sort of tying it in more because they said hammer tech like 15 times during this. Well, they said they said hammer tech. Poor Justin Hammer. <laughs> I, I he's going to come back. There's no way. He's gonna be in Luke Cage season. Sam three. Rockwell will never do it. <laughs> he might... Oh, he'll do it. Yeah. No, he said he won't though. He said that he's never doing it. And Chris yeah. Evans said that he was gonna retire, and then you know Mickey Mouse comes and backs up that big. Uh, truck. <laughs> That's like, fair. Oh. Mickey That's Mouse fair. is like, do you want seventy-one point three million billion dollars? Uh, yeah. I mean, the Red Skull never came back, so. Well, I mean, he that was a different actor though. Yeah. 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 That you you can cheat Red Skull though. Yeah. Yeah. It would be funny if they did try I to mean, keep Justin Hammer in the same way, though. Hey, they did. They did it to uh, Terrence Howard. They just get like well, what, what the fuck? They just get like Dak Shepard to come in and play Justin Hammer. Or well, they get the well, same I'm guy who played of... Red Skull, but they just CG over. Kind of the same guy. At this point, I feel like they would just replace him with like a bigger name actor, like yeah, probably Gary Oldman. Ooh, wow. Don't, well, I mean that's a bit old, but don't sure. get my hopes up like that. Okay, hey, went from Terrence Howard to Don Cheadle. Right, but those are those are relatively the same age. Imagine this. Well, I, I mean, not the age. I meant like acting skills. I know, I know, I know. Um, Imagine Doctor yeah, Doom played, played by Owen Wilson. Think about everything. Why would you say that out loud? I don't know. Yeah, but we live in a universe where Morbius is going to be possibly played. Okay, by... no, uh... no, we're not doing this. We're not. <laughs> we are not. We're if never I... discussing that. Please don't like that. <laughs> Sony and Warner Brothers are banned from this show, officially. <laughs> <laughs> I'm throwing down the gauntlet. They are banned. Um, so, uh, fuck, I had a thought, and there it goes. Oh, I want to talk about Bushmaster. Oh. Oh, uh, yeah. I can talk about him for an hour. Bushmaster kind of fucking... Bushmaster is immediately more compelling than Diamondback was over over the course of the whole season. Because he's not a well, yeah, yeah, there's, he's, he's like, there's, there's reasons for that. Um, he's never super super. He's a like giant, gorgeous black man who can do. Who can who's who can arts. fight like Eddie Gordo from Tekken? Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, I was like immediately. I'm like, oh, like he he's like fighting like Elena from from yeah, Street he's, Fighter. He's using, um, <laughs> he's using Capoeira, which is like a Brazilian yeah. fighting style. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Which this, is. Um, Walks if up I, on his page in the middle of the street and just well, does a thick spin kick. Forget <laughs> that. His his first action sequence where he grabbed that dude with oh. a knife and like stabbed him in one eyeball and cut across this dude's skull into the other eyeball. I was like, that's the most violent thing I've seen come from this. He's company. a goddamn Mortal Kombat character. <laughs> All right, so just to cut in, so I looked up a bunch of stuff on this guy. He is actually a huge comic book fan. He is. Oh damn. He grew up in Harlem. Oh shit! He yeah, auditioned. he still lives there actually. Yes. Uh, he auditioned for two other comic book roles: Black Lightning. Oh, and an Umbaku. Whoa! Oh. And he could. I could see him in both of those. I think he was easily. a little young for Black Lightning, and I, he's actually kind of skinny for Umbaku. And I get why they didn't physically cast him for those two roles. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. Jefferson is bigger just like in his mid to late 40s yeah Bushmaster's like in his late 30s. jefferson also looks like a brick house he's short mm -hmm. and, yeah, this and guy's, stocky. he's like tall and not, like not lanky but he's 
Seen. It's like, close though. It's oh it's very god. close. He's very intimidating in this. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! I didn't know that like Bushmaster was like a snake man in the comics. Oh yeah, oh, no, he's well. That's <laughs> one of the five versions of him. <laughs> Luke Cage, Snake Man, Luke Cage in the comic oh, has some silly ass fucking villains. Yeah. yeah. They did I mean, so much more for this character than the Marvel comics has ever done. I mean, any villain for a black superhero in the comics, yeah, if you look I, at them, I, they're I, all kind of... I mean, look at, look at man, what uh, M'Baku was before. Wasn't M'Baku was, like, the monkey man? Yeah, yeah Killmonger the white, is, the white in the comics, no, he's I, just a dude with dreads. I like, brought that up in the Black Panther review, that he was, like, he's a cannibal, like, stereotype, kind of, like, African tribe guy. Oh, he, was, a, he, was, an, he was an African savage? Yeah, and, like... Well, he dressed movie, like a gorilla. Like, <laughs> in the movie, they're, like... You don't eat people, like. <laughs> uh, but uh, he is very visually impressive, and the sequence where he walks up and just punks Luke Cage is amazing. Yeah, it's pretty yep. great. And pretty I'm glad good. it wasn't just he he walks up and one two punches Luke like they have an actual fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, that goes south, but it's not just one two. I you know I'm so overly you know o- overpowered. It's, it's it's the opposite of uh, all the speedster entrances on the flash where they show right. up and they're like i'm faster than you barry ah yeah the, and the then thing i loved with his character is that like they brought in new york into the show yeah a lot more because yeah. they're not just in harlem because they go to like brooklyn and other parts but they brought in that idea that in new york which i'm not sure how much you guys have traveled in the city in those different parts but there are clusters like in the show that are just jamaican or just mm-hmm. puerto rican oh yeah and Harlem yeah. is really like a couple of blocks. It's a really small area, so it never makes sense for him to just sit in a small area. Luke Cage, I mean. Or for Daredevil to just be in Hell's Kitchen. because, uh... Especially because it's not even named that anymore. <laughs> I know. Well, the idea is that it came back, though. That's the well, that's the whole idea. Probably Clinton, because that's a lame name. Yeah. Uh... He was a president once. <laughs> well, that's what it's named after him, because he put an office there. Thanks. Ah. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, like Bushmaster, I, I I like that his powers are just street magic, mm-hmm. or it's it's like it's like it's voodoo, it's witchcraft, it's something because he's using like to... nightshade and stuff. Yeah. I like his entire. I like his entire gang also. Like they're all they all seem like yeah. they're having I, a good he time. Has, he has like Ninja Turtles esque thugs that follow him around. Like one of them's got a ball in a chain. One of them's got dual machetes. I'm 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 waiting for him to have like heavies. <laughs> like <laughs> there's two things. Yeah. So the magic they use is called obia o b e a h, and it's Which... like uh, it's an African like it's kind of like voodoo, but it's not like French influenced. Mm-hmm. Okay. Which like by the way, it's like. The only other, like, Marvel property we've seen that, like, deals with that within, like, the modern era is Doctor Strange, mm-hmm. which I thought was, like, kind of interesting yeah. that it's, like, for the Netflix series, which is, like, supposed to be, like, super street-level, realistic, outside of, like, fucking ninjas, mm-hmm. like, everything else has been kind of, like, uh, on the level, and then, like, Luke Cage season two is, like, oh, yeah, this guy just does, like, fucking Nightshade. Well, I mean, the the hand being immortals with like using like blood magic or whatever, like kind of opened the door for this. Probably talking about it, I was like, oh shit, we can get Brother Voodoo in this goddamn world. They could, and it actually probably, probably, yeah. The other thing that was interesting, I think all the other side characters for Bushmaster were awesome. Like, I love his uncle. Mm-hmm. And they gave him such an interesting name. Did any of you guys watch um, American Gods? 
Not yet. I did. Yeah. Okay, because it's I'm kind of depressed about it because it's never coming back. Yes, it is. It is. Oh, it no, is. Lou, it Lou, it's a bit. Lou, it's a bit. Because Brian Fuller, Fuller isn't on it. Get it? <laughs> because Wait, nice. we have. <laughs> I can't do it anymore. God damn. <laughs> damn I, I've lost control of what's happening. Lou, you don't. Lou, okay. Yeah, I got lost in a bit. Lou, white people, we have bits and we don't ever stop them, okay? This is something you're gonna have it's to like, learn. Me and Space Jam, me and Scooby Doo 2, Monsters Unleashed. The only bit I'm part of is Smallville. <laughs> that's not. That's, yeah, you're, you're so a part of it, you made a bit come to life. <laughs> yes, I did. It or stops becoming a bit, though, time. like the Church of Davenport. Or. <laughs> Okay. Uh, anyway, uh, I thought all the side characters were actually really interesting, too. I thought everyone who's kind of surrounding mm-hmm. all the action were interesting. Uh, I like the fact that, uh, what was it, Bobby, uh, the, the guy who hangs at the barbershop, is consistently walking off st- screen going, like, I gotta go talk to a Nike exec. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Replacement pops sort of just, like, oh, yeah, he's coming in and out. He's like, well, Luke, maybe you sometimes gotta, you know, he just gives him, like, sagely advice, and he's like, hang on, I'll be right back, gotta go talk to Nike. This is one of the inside jokes because Alan didn't want to watch this because he didn't want to watch that character because he died and this is us. Wait, what? Wait, what did you wait, just say? Wait, 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 wait. The actor that plays Bobby Fisher is in This Is Us and that his character in that show dies. So that's why he did not want to watch Luke Cage season two. We're going to give him so much shit for this? Oh my god. That is probably the most Alan thing I've ever heard. Yeah, I think he won an Emmy for his role in that show. God damn it, Alan. How does, how does Alan watch anything if he can't watch actors who die in other works show up in something else? Like, can he st- can he stomach Sean Bean's existence? I don't know if he I don't know if he watches Mr. Robot, but he won't be able to watch that Freddie Mercury movie at all. Like, this is also a show that has a guy who actually died in it. Right. Who was awesome in the show? Reggie Cathy was amazing. Mm-hmm. Also, that's the most ridiculous statement I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> I mean, it came from Alan, so I mean, this, the surprise is 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 softened. It is. It's much. I'm like, okay. I'm just, I'm just like numb to it. <laughs> I mean, I think I'm numb to it, but then like the next day, he's he's being like, I don't like the lightning bolts on Flash's outfit, so I don't read the comic books. What? Wait. What? <laughs> I pre-ordered five issues of Injustice. <laughs> hey, Alan, Injustice Two is the worst comic I've read in a long time. I pre-ordered issue one through sixty-one. Well, fuck. <laughs> anyway, Luke Cage season two. Um, uh, I think Misty Knight has a very interesting arc. We started talking yeah. about her uh, at the beginning of the episode and how she her little arc is trying to get accustomed to having one arm. And I like how she mm-hmm. kind of flies between self-pity and uh, kind of outward rage. Yeah, yeah and uh, her and Colleen are really good. Yeah. Oh, that scene's awesome. Yeah, hashtag Daughters of the Dragon. Daughters of the Dragon. Yeah, you gave uh, it to us. They set it up too with the guys like hitting on them, and he's just like, "Yeah, no, I'm talking to her." And then he mm-hmm. like kind of and, explains, "Yeah, I'm and I love." Because... Oh, go ahead. Sorry, I was gonna say that he's just like, "Yeah, you put my brother in jail," and I love when she goes to swing and it's her non-arm. And yeah. Like, <laughs> sure, and then like also like Misty is like fighting these dudes and. Colleen's just kind of like hanging back, like kind of just like oh, letting her here. get into the fight until like it kind of really starts involving her, and she's like, "Okay, I'll get in," you know? Yeah, it's like she's like, "Oh, let her just blow off steam." Oh, a broken bottle? No, sir. 
Well, not just that. Like, also all the stuff with Scarf, I thought was an interesting way to bring that story from season one into this season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, and like, well, and also to like go back, it's like not only just like is she like protecting her because of that bob, but she's like letting her like letting her pick herself back up. Yeah, right. like through this fight, and it's mm-hmm. like that's like kind of like the big turnaround moment for Missy going forward. Like, and that's like the scene where she gets her confidence back. Mm-hmm. That's where Stella gets her back. I do think it's interesting that they wrote in that nobody but like high ups know what went down in Defenders. Right. Well, not even. Well, for the most part, it seems like just the Defenders know what happened, and only a few other people really know the details. Well, I'm sure, like, I'm sure. Dragon. Doesn't someone imply, like, Misty is too valuable to, like. Yeah, the. The the Department of Justice to, like, to fire her because something bad. Right. It's a bad PR move. He basically mm-hmm. says that she's on the force and she can't get fired because she's like this token character to like show how awesome the NYPD is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's a and hero, so they can't really do anything. She's a propaganda machine. Like, yes. Where they're going to like get rid of like their like star like cop who lost her arm in the line of duty. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're one armed black woman cop in New York City. <laughs> right. Um,. Which actually is interesting, because I want to know like what other branches of New York know about what happened inside of that building for Defenders, which had to have sounded like a fantastic conversation. Well, first they took the billionaire martial arts magic man. They had him punch the dragon wall. <laughs> I don't know. I don't and think more ninjas knows show- that. And then stuff. some more ninjas showed up, and then a red ninja showed up, and then the red horny guy fought the red ninja. <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of those details were lost. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest. We, never saw, we never really saw a dragon and, and some dude out there was really disappointed when he talked about it on a podcast mm-hmm. Hunter, you're never getting that dragon <laughs> I want it give me it it's, it's we'll not, see the I dragon mean, in Iron Fist season 2 I guarantee, I guarantee it I would guarantee it absolutely yeah. Yeah. here we go dragon time uh, and he will he will kill Scott Buck he will, he will eat Scott Buck <laughs> Uh, so another 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 side character who I'm really enjoying, despite the fact that she is uh, horrifying, is Mariah. I wouldn't even yeah. call like, her a side a, character. Yeah, I wouldn't like, call her she her is like she is she is a bubbling secondary antagonist who seems to be just kind of sitting in the sidelines waiting. I think right. I, I think I think because you know it's the idea that you've only that we're only talking about the first four. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Mariah Dillard is like the like really true a level like villain of this season right like she's every like yeah she she is the linchpin of every single conflict within this season right um she is like the most evil stone cold baddest bitch like in this show and right. she's like the most terrifying villain of like possibly any marvel product yeah like, probably but the thing is also with her is like from season one even we know her backstory like when she offs her cousin like she has sympathetic parts to her like mm-hmm. why she is this horrible nasty individual uh, so- i also like the fact that like everyone else including her is going through some sort of parental drama and that everyone else needs to be doing better than luke is yeah luke won't even talk to his father but mariah seems like has reconnected with her daughter um i think think bobby fish the fisher just uh, like says like yeah i have a daughter and i just like i'm gonna go give her an organ yeah 
I, not mine. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody else. I do think the difference is that like Mariah is connecting with her daughter to use her. Oh yeah, no, Mariah's nothing Mariah does is is truly selfless. And no, the, it's it's completely calculated. Yeah. Definitely. And the difference is with Luke and his father is that his father, whenever we see him, it's amazing. Like um, Reggie is amazing at playing it, but uh, mm-hmm. it's also that he's so that like preacher thing where he's so over the top and like I'm yeah. good, and it looks like you're not fucking good. Like you had a bastard kid, and all your mistakes is what destroyed my life. Like yeah. all of his he's father's... very he's so he's self righteous as fuck to Luke. Yes. But he's, <laughs> but his conversation with his conversation with Claire is completely opposite. Like he comes off as someone who actually cares. But like yeah. to Luke's face, he's just he's the sanctimonious bastard. Because I think when he to me, like the way they wrote it, and at least the way it's acted, is that when he sees Luke and everything Luke went through, he sees all his mistakes. Yeah, I think that's in there definitely. Yeah, um, and Luke just brings it up as well. Like he's like, "Oh, like this, this, and this." And it's like, "Yeah," I, he's like, "Whatever Diamondback's name was," and that's why he did a thing. Because if you mm-hmm. were honest about that, then I would have gotten arrested, gone to jail, and like all this other stuff would have happened. Like everything bad in my life is all your fault. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he makes a good point, kind of. Um, uh, for a, a little very... while there. A very entertaining uh, aspect of Mar- uh, Mariah's character path so far is that not just her relationship with Shades, because uh, everything about that is is either hilarious or creepy, um, but it seems like her and Shades fall into these like money pit get rich quick schemes that just blow up in their faces uh, like every mm-hmm. two minutes. Well, yeah, because she's trying to get out clean. Um, which yeah, is... the thing is, it's like that Shades is giving her advice and she just doesn't yeah. take any of it. Yeah. <laughs> That's the, that's the whole thing. It's like he's like, I'm the gangster. I'm trying to teach you how to be a gangster. Listen to me. And she's like, Nah, I'm gonna do it this way. Typical woman, am I right, guys? High five. Wow. And Hunter will no longer be part of the Phantom Zone. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. God. Um, I'm trying to remember, like, because the other guy that's a good side character that I really enjoyed was Piranha, which was the money guy, and I don't remember. Episode four, where his story is at. Yeah. Okay. So I like when when they're when they're trying to uh when they're trying to like buy out that plastic mm-hmm. company. That's like kind of like when he starts coming in. Oh yeah, yeah. He wasn't really there in the first four for me, and I had a I had a problem telling him and Cockroach apart. Not not because of the actors, but just because of their performances because were so similar, kind of to me. Oh, um, they're. Not. they're... Know, At least in these first four. Piranha uh, yeah, is like a much sure. smaller guy. And then he... I'm trying to like work... So I guess we don't get to certain parts with him. But yeah, he's mm-hmm. not a thug. He's he's more of the um, black guy that made it out of the hood and is in on Wall Street. Mm-hmm. And then with the cockroach is literally like exactly what his name says. He is the scum bottom of the barrel. And then he right. connects all the scarf stuff for Misty. I like mm. that someone is so self-aware of how shitty they are, they're just cool with being called cockroach. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, was... I'm kind of a piece of shit. That was fitting. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, Mariah and Shades. Um, what does everybody think of that? Um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. It's, it's fucking weird. <laughs> For some reason, um, weird. Okay. I, well, I don't, I don't think it's all that weird. Like, I feel like Shades is like a guy who's attracted... To like power and mm-hmm. the most powerful person in that show is mariah and mariah yeah. is like so like cold and calculated and like and like to a point where it's like he can kind of 
sort of control like kind of like what she does but yeah, like mm-hmm. you know it's like yeah it's like they're like two sides of the same coin I, I think if there's anything that's weird about it it's that alfred woodard has decided to just skip over subtle and go to like yeah, it's no, very strange I, place. I think it's not just her relationship itself it's her her physical approach to it is very like there's just something so unnerving about it i think it's mm-hmm. like when you first see them in i think it's episode one she just grabs his hand and starts sucking on his thumb in the middle of that restaurant and yeah. everybody. i'm like that's okay yeah, that, that's all well, i was surprised she didn't take his other hand and like put it down into her like crotch or something yeah, because she gets much yeah. more vulgar and open with it as it goes through that's wow Which i don't a- know how that's possible but i also love and uh, i probably won't be here for at least one of the other episodes if not both that you guys do for the page the command comanche the shades buddy mm-hmm. his story path is such a slow burn and so goddamn interesting that there's so much little things in the beginning that you yeah. don't pick, on, pick up on until you get to like the you know third quarter or fourth quarter of his story arc why well, i mean we, so we just find out in what episode three or four that he's an undercover cop yeah, we, we yeah. find out he's an undercover. There's a lot of undercover people. He's, he's not this. an undercover cop. He's a snitch. Yes. I wonder oh, if they're going to recreate a scene from The Departed because well, of the also, two undercover people. <laughs> he's also from the first season as well. He's the other guy with chains that beats the shit out right. of him. Yeah, yeah. I didn't remember if he was the same actor or not. I don't remember, um, but it's the same character. It, yeah, yeah. Um... Yeah, he's he's good so far though. I he's part of why I, I called episode two in my head. It is the uh, comedy roast episode <laughs> because like, everybody is roasting somebody else in that episode. His comments um, have like they're not just like thrown out there. Like they actually, when you mm-hmm. get to the end of their arc, his comments are like very like oh shit, that's why he was doing all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's, I'm really trying not to spoil, and I want to talk about it so bad. Um, so, question. Do we think the action is better than season one so far, or worse, or kind of on the same level? I think it's better. just different. It's, it's, it's I'd say different. different. I think it's I think better. The, chore- the choreography is much better. The choreography is much better, that's true. It's the same people who were doing the choreography for Defenders, which... I guess that makes sense. Although Luke, his choreography is the worst of anybody's in Defenders, I mean, I'd say. Well, um, it's like you have to deliberately choreograph something that looks kind of clumsy because mm-hmm. Luke's I, com- Luke's fighting technique is not anything. It's not skillful. Yeah. He it's beats the fuck out. He just walks yeah. through people and lets them bounce off of him. Mm-hmm. He has this Superman issue when it comes to choreography. It's that, like he doesn't need to learn anything because he's right. a, he's a tank. But but mm-hmm. here's to just eat shots and then punches people. I think, like, if you're, like, looking at the fights between, like, him and a bunch of, like, randos, it's, like, there's kind of, like, nothing, there's, like, no specific fight in the, in there that separates itself from season one, uh, mm-hmm. but the fights between Luke and Bushmaster throughout the series is f- fucking leagues better than yeah. any, like, any of the Diamondback fights. Like by yeah, I will now. say that just well, just the episode not, three fight or episode four fight, and not to uh, spoil and not to spoil like a fight that happens after that, but like it's probably like the single best fight of like either season of Luke Cage. Okay. Wow. Okay. Um, uh, I, I do would... like I do like the fights where he's kind of like where he'll bother to dodge. I think that's cool mm-hmm. because realistically he doesn't have a reason to, but also at the same time he's like I don't have any fear of getting hit with this thing, so I can right. kind of just act this way when I want to. 
there's like a ra- like a little thing that like bothers me a little bit whenever he gets hit by like rocket launchers or explosions or fire bombs or whatever and he like walks on through and his like clothes like are like a little singed or like there's like, a little bit and <laughs> yeah. I'm like there should just be like it's like he has like bullet holes but it's like that guy should just have like giant holes into his shirts and his sweater and just mm-hmm. every time he goes back to like the um the barbershop his his clothes should just kind of be barely on him mm-hmm. oh, oh, yeah. I, I think this whole season and i think in one of these first episodes we see like fire effects they're the only bad effect i saw this whole season i think and, the fight it, it looked bad but at the same time i thought it looked cool there's other fire effects, and I guess it's the same people that worked on them. They don't ever look like bad CGI fire. I did. I think bad. we've. T- I think we've talked about this in other episodes of other shows too. Like bad CGI fire is some of the worst yeah. offending CGI you can come across because, because it looks like, so blatantly fake. Because like John, yeah, you've seen the other episodes. Like I don't <laughs> want to spoil the thing, but like when something happens, that was one of the worst CGI fire things I've ever seen. Wait, in the yeah. thing, the, the remake or the prequel? No, 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 like in an episode in the show. There's another. Oh, okay. I do I... think him like walking out of the burning like the cargo thing was kind of. Oh, good. that's a cool shot. It just it. Yeah, mm-hmm. the, the guy looks dinosaur. It's a cool shot. That's it, what it, I'm talking it, about. It's, here. Yeah, it's bad CG. Like <laughs> it's bad CG, but it looks neat. Like, also, oh, Luke needs to go to Melvin to fix your your bullet hole problem, your explosion problem. He needs to. Needs to get a yellow chainmail. Yeah, like uh, here's, he needs. You know, it's funny you mentioned the clothes thing because how many, how much clothes do you think Luke Cage goes through in a week? Like he goes I don't through know. like four hoodies a day. Oh, like I thought he just gets them for free. <laughs> <laughs> probably at this point, he probably has like a box just His full buddy of hoodies. Barbershop sells them. Mm-hmm. And then you see what ha- well, later on. You'll see what happens to all his hoodies. They do say that he's being funded by like a college or by the, yeah. the college league or whatever. Um, the first hoodie he has on has like kind of funny, and I was wondering. I don't know if it's connected to the Wakanda stuff. I probably not because this is Wakanda, a pocket verse and it doesn't matter. Well, but. yeah, in the timeline, but he has there's some slogan on his hoodie that he talks about. And I like how Arlen you say that, and it's it's kind of quietly true. But everyone in the shows who runs them always comes out and goes like, oh, well, this happens before Infinity War, so don't worry about it. Like, well, you're not going to dress yeah. it anyway, so don't even bring it up. <laughs> well, okay, until a Wakandan shows up on the show, which you never know, they, they might, but until it happens, I'm not going to believe that they exist in the same they universe. They bothered to mention Justin Hammer. So... I mean, so what? That's, that's from I know, it means Iron Man 2. <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's because here's the thing: nothing post, well, except for Ultron, nothing post uh, Avengers has really affected this no, nothing, show. Nothing this verse, Age of Ultron, has ever affected these shows because they've never had to sign up for the registration. Uh, yeah, yeah, nothing post that because they do say they basically hint that Ultron will happen in this universe, but after that, nothing. There's I think like they say something. I can't remember which show like that. Somebody dropped a like a city on something yeah that's in one of the tv that's one of the other tv they, shows. they always do something like Netflix that where they they, they they dance it's the supergirl my cousin uh effect mm-hmm. where they're just gonna dance around the subject but never actually explicitly address it I think that's in reference yeah. to the winter soldier actually <laughs> drop a city on something well, yeah it's like if you think about it 
it did kind of suck that a bunch of Hellcare hairs went down. Well, that's the thing. Like they meant again. They you're right. They do mention Winter Soldier actually. So the, because they talk about Cap and Daredevil season one, um, a lot, and they and Foggy compares Matt to Cap or whatever. Um, but the point is like the movies after a certain point they've stopped really having an effect um so much so that i don't believe for a second that they'll ever mention wakanda in this or that there will ever be any connection it, to it makes, it makes me coming ups- out it makes me upset because I, like there's little things that i really want out of this this collected mm-hmm. collection of shows and one of them is like I don't think any of the Avengers, but Captain America, would ever hang out with the Defenders. And I would love mm-hmm. a sequence of Steve oh. Rogers at a bar with Luke Spider-Man. and uh, yeah, oh yeah, now that Spider-Man's in the fold, yeah, um, like hanging out with the people he might relate to the most, which is just yeah. regular people. Mm-hmm. What's the and thing, New like, Yorkers, like yeah, exactly that too. Well, especially after that scene with him and Spidey, where it's like, oh, yeah. Queens, Brooklyn. But the other thing is that like Luke, that's like kind of the worst part is like it. Luke is actually like a kind of almost an A-lister at this point in the comics. Mm-hmm. Like he's led the event. Like he has been, he took over for Cap and led the Avengers. Right. Like he's almost an A-list. He's like B to A-list character. Mm-hmm. Although well, they do uh, a guy. He's like he's like he's like the clo- I think he's the closest to Cap in yeah, some right. regards. Well, he has a lot of similarities to Cap, where he was, you know, this kind of downtrodden character that stuff happens to him with an experiment and he gets these super abilities and, and in, the, in the mcu like isn't everyone who's affected like this basically the result of an offshoot of the super super soldier program anyway pretty I mean, so far it seems like it. it seems like it's all attempts to replicate yeah caps stuff well that was like the um, ultimate universe version of everything yeah but luke does well, fall into i can't i think it was like neil adams that talked about it that there was like there was like two versions of black characters in like before the eighties. Luke is like a Luke and Black Panther are the two. Versions. Either they're a foreign prince or they're a prisoner with like superpowers. Right. And like, or you're a vampire hunter whose mother was bitten by a vampire. Yeah. You had to fight Jared Leto. Blade started off as a villain. I know, but well, that's that's because it was Tomb of Dracula, and you were supposed to root for Dracula. Um, so. Yeah. And then that worked out great. Yeah. And uh, Marv Wolfman is trying to keep Stan Lee from taking that idea from him every day. <laughs> well, the government's trying to keep people from taking everything from Stan Lee every day. Well, yeah, but I, I was trying to prompt Connor to do a Stan Lee Oh, discussion. oh, oh, I'm trying not to do it because the world keeps shitting on him. I know, but still. All right, Just fine. Jeez. What you doing there, Marv? <laughs> you... Leave me alone, goddammit. I, I don't yours. remember where I live. I got invited to a celebrity death pool and I looked at Stanley and I was like Christ. I'm like, I can't do it. It hurts too much. Wait, were people betting on Stanley? No, you put it's 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 an interesting idea. It's like so how it works is it's twenty people. It's you get points based on a person's age minus a hundred. Stan's like ninety five, so he only yeah. five points. Right. And they have to die within the year that you're playing. Ah, I and then see. you get bonus points for this every other team that doesn't have it, or doesn't have them on there. What if do you get bonus points if a person on the Deadpool kills someone else on the Deadpool? <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> I don't think so. Like Stan Lee kills somebody. Stan Lee kills Justin Bieber. Yeah. 
Nobody saw that coming. 94 years old, my ass! The only deaths that don't count are like... If they like... are If they're like... If it's a prisoner and they're executed... Ah, I see. Right. That's also like not a good bet because like that that gets tied up for years. Yeah, Mm -hmm. so like one of my ones that I put on there, which I'm sure a bunch of people have, was like Artie Lang. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, he's gonna outlive us all. Either way... For Connor, who's the wrestling fan, I put Kamala on my list. Oh, oh, he's so he's uh, not yet. I think he's like missing a foot, though. I think he's. I think he actually got his second leg amputated. Oh god, that sucks. All right, Dude, okay. Here's the thing: not to get too off topic, because I want to get back to something on Luke Cage. Like wrestling death pools are the worst because you can just you can throw a dart at a board full of names and probably get something that may happen in the next six weeks. Just pick someone who's super beloved. Yeah. <laughs> or you just pick Andre the Giant. Um, oh, uh, if it was there. two years ago, I would have had Kurt Angle on there, but he turned. Uh, I think I still have Kurt Angle on that death pool because, like, he's a, again, he's a Kurt Angle is gonna outlive us all. Kurt, no, Kurt Angle's gonna die in the ring. <laughs> God damn. It. Anyway, uh, something else I want to talk about with Luke Cage is the use of music. Uh, it seems like it never stops. Nope, doesn't stop at all. It's good. So like, it's good. All the good. I mean, it was good last season, but it's continuing to be I, fucking great this season. I think season. every episode where they show someone playing on the stage, they get two to three songs, wherever that is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think episode two is Gary Clark Jr. Is the, uh, Oh, yeah. A lot of work these days. Yeah. Uh, do you know who that is? Uh, it sounds familiar, but I'm not putting a name to the face. Uh, he, uh, well, he did that in the cover like, of uh, uh, Come Together for Justice League. Yeah. Oh, oh, okay. Okay. A lot of people call him like a modern day Jimi Hendrix because he's he's black pretty good. Uh, <laughs> Lou, <laughs> I wow. can say Lou is, Lou I know is, you Lou can. is flexing his power to the limit. Yeah, um, fire me. All I know is that when this Kingfish guy came on screen, he's the big, he's the bigger man. The oh, uh, with playing guitar, he was, he was yes. He's, he's so him. good. It reminded me of the uh, somewhere over the rainbow, the Hawaiian guy. Oh yeah! So goddamn surprise! It's like, wait, that voice is coming out of that man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I think crazy. the Black Lightning's use of music is good, but as we've talked about, like Eric always brings it up, at sometimes it's a bit hysterical. Black Lightning is the cobots of this show. <laughs> <laughs> wow, oh, Lou, wow. coming out hard. Wow. But it's it's true. Like they can't. They're on network television. They can't do the things. Right, but I don't think. Okay, I think there's a there's a quality distinction though <laughs> that I that I don't think applies to this at who all. Does, who does the song for Black Lightning? I don't know. But, says, oh, okay, I'll, I will concede there. That theme song is so stupid. It's I saw well a gotten. superhero. He was black. <laughs> it, it was it was funny the first time we heard it, but as it's gone on, I'm like, okay, all right. It sounds uh, like it reminded me of, speaking of wrestling, it reminded me of that god-awful Macho Man rap album. Oh, oh God. God. It's, like, it's the most PG, uh, like, diss rapping I've ever heard. It's the best purchase I had since Toys R Us went bankrupt. Macho Man is a, does a, a Hulk Hogan diss track where he tells him he's going to uh, kick him in the butt and wash his mouth out with soap. He saved oh. us from the rapture. Don't you blast him. <laughs> God damn. God damn. Okay, uh, can we talk about Tilda and how she still calls her mother mommy? Uh, because that needs to be addressed. Uh, maybe, like, I don't know, like, maybe this is, like, a thing, but, like, I know people that call, like, I still call my dad Papa, 
keep it going. Yeah, going. I still call my mom mama, but it's not the same thing. <laughs> if, if I called my mom mommy in a Walmart... But I think the thing is, is like, <laughs> she says that she say she first calls her her name, and then she says mom, and then she's right. like, oh, "Call me mom. You call me mommy, like you always did." Ugh. Oh god, that doesn't make it better though. That oh, just okay. makes it really weird. It does make it really why. weird, especially when she's really horny all the time in that show. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the thing. It's, like, there's so much I want to talk about, but I don't want to spoil. So. Mariah uh, has Mariah has palpable underlying sexual tension with every character she comes on screen with. She just wants she's just I she, she does fucking everybody with her eyes. Oh yeah, she wants to bang everybody. But then like, but yeah, kind of love kinda it. Kind of like, how can I kill you here and have no one find out? How right. how old do you say Mariah is? Um, fifty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Maybe? where my brain goes to fifty. Are you gonna hit us with a very unexpected answer? No, no, I'm, I was asking. Her daughter uh, looks 25, uh, there to me, is a, if you ask me. So There's a flashback with her in the 80s, and she looks like a teenager then. Yes. She looks like okay. she's like 16 or 17 in that flashback. I mean, depending on where you... Depending on what year in the 80s you're talking about, that works. They don't say, because there's lots of vagueness. Right. In the, in the story... Her and Bushmaster are supposed to be basically the same age, which I don't know how that works. Um, he has uh, magic. <laughs> Boom! I, I explained it for you. I mean, I mean, also, it's like I I imagine Bushmaster has also taken care of himself better than Mariah kind of has. Probably. Also, oh, yes. black don't crack, as we all know. Homeboy's CrossFit. Like, the potential... Bushmaster's powers so far haven't been very clearly right. defined, so he could be using some sort of spell or incantation or... Uh, well, like, when you talk about those two girls... looking younger. Yeah. Like when you talk about those two girls energizing him, at first I took that as, like, ha, ah, that's funny. And now I'm like, maybe he actually meant that. Maybe they are actually energizing him. Uh, sex magic is a thing. So maybe he gets power through banging out. I mean, you never know. Fucking yeah. Well, ain't nothing wrong with it. Don't just... Is it gonna be a one man fuck army hunter? <laughs> did you see that? <laughs> I did. I, I see it very frequently on various boats. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> uh, uh, I wish I. I want to say like that one later. <laughs> You probably are. I wish I could talk about where uh, where I think the show is going, but a few of us have seen all of it. So, I would actually love <laughs> or if you want to maybe either like dance around any suspicions we might have. Yeah, I would love to hear what you guys think. Uh, well, I'm hoping there's no mid-season villain replacement whether there was last season. As much <laughs> no. as I love what happened, as much as I love Mariah, like she got rid of Cottonmouth, and I liked Cottonmouth a lot. Well, <laughs> well it was in that season. I think it's been pretty much confirmed that Marcella Ali's schedule was super yeah tight and he just had that's, to leave oh, i think he sucks. would have been there till like episode 10 or something because i think he actually had to go film. if he won for the schedule what was the movie they want the oscar for moonlight, moonlight. I think yeah he was shooting moonlight that and it's something else that i can't remember at, like at the same time shows. uh yeah so I, I get it uh there was another thing where he was playing kind of like a gangster that i can't remember the name of uh um, he's also in that new alita movie yeah, yeah, yeah. He is. Th- thanks for reminding the, us. He was in the. I, I I think that movie looks super cool. Like I. I mean, visually, I, yes, I will agree with you. 
I don't. Here's my thing. I don't trust Hollywood at all. With you know who Anna I do? But Vincent. here's the thing. You know who I do trust? Robert Rodriguez. And that guy, I don't. That guy very rarely like has kind of like steered me wrong. As a producer, yeah. As a director, not all the time. I mean, it... no, like, I mean, if if you're like counting out like Spy Kids, because Spy Kids ain't made for us. Oh, hey, whoa, 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 whoa! Uh, whoa, whoa. No, the Spy Kids. <laughs> oh yeah, those like, movies hold that. Oh shit! Kids I forgot. Movies. Like you guys are like younger. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa! I am not younger. Don't talk no, but, about Spy Kids. No, right? here, so I haven't I was, watched I was, them since I was, I was a kid, though. But I, I would fight school. for them still. <laughs> I was I was in high school when Spy Kids came out, so I was like, oh, these are above my age range. But wait, right. John, how old are you again? I'm 32. Oh, okay, you and I are the exact same age. Okay, so yeah, same thing, same I'm 30, thing. I'm 31. But I mean, like, you know, wow, like, the old people outnumber us this time, uh, Hunter. But, <laughs> but it's like from Dusk of Dawn, The Faculty, Sin City, like the first Sin City, Planet Terror, like uh, the, first Machete, the first Machete. The first Sin City. <laughs> the first, yeah, you gotta be careful with that. That's like, no, a, like a, a 300, not the second. Right, but uh, I don't, the Machete movies are both bad, though. The, the first problem. Machete movie's great. The second Machete, I, uh, I love the first Machete movie. I think he's a better producer. Predators is better than the majority of his films. Predators, so. Predators is very good. He's amazing when he's allowed to do what he does, which is what he did in the Mariachi trilogy. Like his yes. concept of doing the kind of which is make sequels to movies that were never made. That's the thing I prefer. No, <laughs> David Hunter. <laughs> What are you talking about? Hunter, this is another bit, Lou, where Hunter is a racist. Wait, no. Wait, no. Listen, okay. I'm, okay, I don't want people to assume that I'm, racist. I'm not a racist. but like, No, but in the oh, bit you I'm are. I'm going to be your judge right now, so. No, okay. Ooh, uh, isn't that the story of uh, that movie? Is that it was basically a, a sequel to a movie that never got made? No, there was no. the original Mariachi. It okay. Did not, it did not no, Machete started off as a trailer. That's what I think. Oh, thinking. okay. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, about. no, Machete is. Yeah, Machete is a movie based on a trailer from Grindhouse. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I thought you were talking about Mariachi because most people yeah, don't so realize that there's a first. No, 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 no. Now, El Mariachi is the first one. It's all. It's, I think it's all in Spanish. Maybe yes. there's like one and, line in English. I didn't know. I didn't know a damn thing about that movie because I thought Desperado when that came out was just a movie by itself. I was like, yeah. oh, it looks cool. <laughs> the bad guy in Desperado is the lead character in Mariachi. Interesting. Right? Okay. Because I think they're brothers. No, I think you're. I think you have it mixed up. The guy who plays the lead in El Mariachi is one of Antonio Banderas' friends that he calls in for backup. The He's El, one of the other guys. The El Mariachi universe is crazy. The, yeah, the Desperado verse, which is part of the Tarantino verse. Is it really? Uh, what the, the third fuss? one has Ruben Blades. To your white people, that's Ruben Blades. He was on NYPD Blue. But yeah, Thank like uh, because um, fucking Michael Park shows up in uh, fucking Dust Till Dawn, um, and he's the yes. same sheriff oh, character. Yeah, I forgot. Well. Okay, yeah, I see. You okay, uh, back to Luke Cage. <laughs> Who else? Uh, I mean, I, at this point, I'm kind of blissfully ignorant of where the show is going to go. I'm kind of being surprised. Uh, one, because this this uptick in quality wasn't expected. I wasn't mm-hmm. sure how they're going to come out of the gate, and as John said in the beginning, it's very elevated. Yeah. It also doesn't have the problem that like every Netflix Marvel show has where it like it has like this really bad dip in quality on the last four episodes. Well, okay, so that's interesting because I've heard that it does from some people, yeah. but I haven't, I haven't heard that it's the four specifically, but I have heard that it is too long. I think um, yeah, I I think like not to spoil anything, 
I think the only dip in season two is like the last thirty minutes. Yeah. I would, I would okay. Actually, the last thirty minutes, just like John said, is kind of like a season wrap up leading to season three. And, okay. and, and it's putting things into situations like that don't fit or don't feel right, and it's just like. Wait, what? Like, what? What the fuck are we doing? This, like, what? Goes, this goes hand in hand with a screen rant headline I saw that I didn't click. So I didn't want any spoilers. It says Luke Cage ends in a weird but interesting place. See, hmm. I, I know yeah. which article you're talking about, and I know what you're saying, John. It's just that they end in a way because just in case I'm not here for the the ending of this, they end in a the setup for a plot of an actual comic book story. It's, it's interesting because I would actually say the same thing kind of applies to season one in that I, I, I agree that the season one kind of goes downhill. I think it picks up in episode 11 and 12 just for my memory. It sort of gains some steam again. And then episode 13, it's Luke in prison or like in jail waiting to get sentenced or whatever. Yeah, it's, and it's, it's a lot of like talking at each other and people having a conversation about things. Yeah, you know what's weird is that like, that. I think, I think a lot of these shows do have a dip in quality towards the end, except for iron fist had episodes. I liked the most in that season in like the last half or last quarter. Yeah, that's because the first half was so God awful. Well, Cause the first four can just be like shot into Con- space. Condensed to 30 <laughs> minutes of Danny Rand walking around going like, I'm Danny Rand! No, you're right. not. I'm Danny yeah. Rand. I'm gonna pout and also be kind of weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, and, uh, Eagle. Eagle flashback. <laughs> yeah, um, and just to get it out there, awesome I, I have heard and I've seen the clip on YouTube. Uh, it, the word around is that Danny Rand does show up in the show and they immediately rehab him. He is... But I'm gonna try to not spoil this. He is both good expresses that he learned lessons from both his show and defenders yes that's what i mean i'm here for <laughs> the, the choreography is although not daredevil level i think they took a interesting route in this may sound like nitpicky but they changed like i think in iron fist they, they tried to do a shitty version of daredevil yes this is true and in yes. this they actually do like they give him a different style it mm-hmm. makes more sense and looks better coming from this actor. Well, I actually, I read something about um, Iron Fist Season 1, and Finn Jones was apparently telling people after they wrapped that he was learning those fight sequences from choreography yeah. to everything 15 minutes before filming. Yeah. I think yeah, that Kevin, Kevin Smith talked about it on an episode of Batman and Batman, that they were doing Iron Fist like they do Supergirl and Flash, where you see a stunt person comes in, shows them a thing, and then they do the thing. Right. They cut. And that's, that's what I heard as well. This is wow, that's actually kind of impressive for like Arrow and stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, obviously, the Arrow fight sequence is more impressive because yeah, those yeah. are longer. Kevin yeah. Smith specifically said that because he's only directed Flash and Supergirl. Right. There. Yeah, because he has a weird beef with Mark Guggenheim because whatever. Um, I mean, I still I, don't know why. I have, but... a weird, I have a weird beef with Mark Guggenheim, but you know. <laughs> Wait, that's what's your beef with Mark Guggenheim? I, I just don't think he's a very good writer. I I, I, I mean, I, I I remember his comics from like six, seven, eight years ago. I thought I thought his Green Lantern fill-ins, and I'm not even like a Jeff Johns Green Lantern guy, but like I thought the Guggenheim fill-ins were like the fucking shits. He did like a follow-up of X-Men or Young X-Men uh, after New mm-hmm. X-Men ended, and that was like the fucking shits. Also, like I'm not a big fan of his X-Men Gold right now. I'm not going to fight you on this because after 
Andrew Kreisberg died because he, he's dead to us. Uh, <laughs> he's, uh, after he died, all the shows went downward yeah, in quality. Actually, funny, yeah, it's funny you mention that because like we have basically thrown the blame for Flash Season 4 being the just fucking train wreck it was on his shoulders because part of it's not his fault because Kreisberg was, was excommunicated and we're theorizing that he had he was the key he had the keys to the story. Wait, um, okay. And, on at least half the shows. At yeah. what point? At what point did Flash get bad in your guys' eyes? Uh, I like, like I like seasons one and two. Yeah, I like yeah. a lot. I, we I, we struggled through season three and we somehow survived. the The last episode of Flash I ever watched was like when, um, his dad got out of prison. Like everything was like coming up Barry Allen, and then he's like, you know what? I'm gonna like fucking. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go change some I'm gonna, shit. I'm gonna go Flashpoint. Yeah, and I was like, "This is the dumbest shit." Fuck this show. No, that, I, like, that is, I, that I is. Never seen an episode after it. That is the that is the actually the the point where the quality dip begins because Flashpoint is handled in such a ham-fisted way, uh, and then it's over in an episode, and its effects are are menial at best. Uh, and then, and then Savitar, and oh my god, Savitar. John, I, I think mad. you're just really good at seeing where things will go, <laughs> <laughs> compared to me, who was like, who at the end of uh, Arrow Season 3, I was like, there's no way that they can do mess it all up again, there's no way that they could screw up the way that they did before. But yeah, yeah um, so Supergirl, wrong. Supergirl dipped in quality, uh, yeah. Arrow had, we've actually, we're under the impression that Arrow has gotten better the last two seasons. Uh, and, yes. and Legends of Tomorrow has basically stayed its co- stayed the course. Mm-hmm. Legends of Tomorrow is like, uh, went from, uh, oh, this is kind of bad to... It's, it's kind of okay to well, like... I'm pretty sure Legends was done before they, I'm pretty sure like it was all, like they, the, the whole thing was probably done, uh, before Kreisberg left. Yeah. Um, Black Lightning is an independent thing, mostly. It's got some input from Berlanti, but it's its own animal. Um, so I can see how, like, Kreisberg was always very hands-on with Flash and always more hands-on with Supergirl than he was the other Actually, shows. to compare the Netflix stuff to the DC stuff, one of actually the strengths the Netflix stuff has over the DC stuff on CW is season length, because I would gladly mm-hmm. take a mediocre Luke Cage season one that's only 13 episodes and get through it in a moderate amount of time and go, oh, that wasn't bad. Then, right. as we did, because it was essentially court-appointed viewing with the Flash, we're like, "This is miserable, and I want it to stop." Yeah, yeah. Flash becomes a test in patience. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I don't watch uh, network television shows anymore because it's like, uh, it's oh, I understand it's, it, completely. It's, it's twenty-two to twenty-four hour-long episodes. It's like I have, I have no time in my life for this shit. I still have to. Mm-hmm. Like I was like, we were talking uh, in in the chat before the show started, where like I, you know, I just finished Luke Cage, like I just finished Voltron, and then it's like I I also have to finish uh, Devil Man Crybaby before next week. And someone says like, has anyone watched uh, Cloak and Dagger? And I'm like, there's just like too much me. stuff. Mm-hmm. You gotta wait for Castlevania season two. Yeah. Uh, like Castlevania season two, like there's a bunch of anime I still need to watch currently that I mm-hmm. my coworkers are not spoiling for me, thankfully. Oh, right. I am I am lagging on Dragon Ball Super because I've I was one of those people who was like, there's no way Dragon Ball Z can come back <sighs> in 2017 oh, or 2018. Yeah, and it was because Dragon Ball Heroes comes out like in a week. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, I I'm like really excited because like so like I. I haven't watched a whole lot of Dragon Ball Super, 
Um, but like on the few times because I don't have cable, and the few yeah. times I, I work conventions, I've been able to see some of the episodes of Super, and I saw the the Goku Black stuff, and I'm like, okay, like outside of like the really bad animation of the show, like this stuff is like pretty sweet. Um, and I saw an ad uh, because I'm watching the, the new Fully Cooly, and I saw an ad for this week's Dragon Ball Super, and they have the character from Doctor Slump, and I'm like, I'm super glad that like Dragon Ball Super is willing to do like the out of continuity really fun episodes well, like, yeah. the, first, yeah. the first like couple episodes of dragon ball super is vegeta just like fucking off from a family vacation yeah. <laughs> like but that's yeah. awesome like yeah and, like, and i'm like goku uh, hercule returning the money he won for supposedly beating majin buu and gives it to goku and his family so they can live <laughs> yeah um like i love dragon ball kai because i think kai like cuts away like a lot of the fat and makes the original dragon ball uh, Z a lot more palatable, but I do hate that it also cuts away like the episode where like Goku and Piccolo learned how to drive a car. I want I want an episode of Luke Cage where he just like doesn't know how to drive a car and he learns <laughs> or some weird shit like that. Well, I, I love well, stupid. I love like stupid superhero comedy of them just trying to adjust to a normal situation. Like who's to say Luke wouldn't be driving, get angry, and rip the steering wheel out? Or like Thor having an or a uh, uh, creamsicle for the first time. Oh, oh yeah. I, but I think like this show actually does have like those moments where you know uh, I think it's like the first big fight where Luke Cage like sh shows up to a place and they all pull out their gun and he's like really and he's like, and he's really? like, and the guy's like no. never know try. <laughs> yeah, never know. <laughs> well, I, I they address it multiple times because they say like oh we like no people don't know if it's a myth or if it's real. I like the fact that Cockroach took that myth so seriously, he showed up with an eight-barreled shotgun. That was great. That was, <laughs> that was, that was, that was the best. Let's be honest. Yeah, that thing knocked Luke out of a window. That thing would have blasted Cockroach's collarbone into the sun. Well, my favorite part of it yeah. is it actually did damage, but internally, because, like, not the... It didn't pierce him, Yeah, but the force actually dislocated his shoulder. And that's, the one, that's one of the things I like about Luke's powers, is that he is only nearly indestructible on the outside. Yeah. Yes, that's what I was going to say. Like, and then he talks about with Claire. He's like, oh, I tried to do it. And she's like, would you try to do that lethal weapon shit? That only works in the movies. <laughs> uh, and like Luke could be killed by poison easily. Drown. Drown. Uh, yeah. They could feed him dynamite like in the mask. Poison. <laughs> <laughs> now, okay, now here's the theory. If Luke, if Luke Cage swallowed a dynamite, would he only blow up on the inside and just like fall down dead as his organs oh, are just a, a, a big pile question. of mush? Like, <laughs> I would say yes. I would, yeah, I would think. I, mean, I would think so. It would be like, like one of the movies that the ocean and it just kind of like balloons at the top and then sinks back. In. I mean, I mean, another question. Yeah, this kind of is with the Judas bullet. This is horrific. What I'm about to say, but what if, what if Ant Man went inside of him and then just kept on growing, like? Oh, oh, you God. mean like what? Man? Oh, you mean like what he did in the Ultimates? Oh God! He does do that in the Ultimates. Who did he do that to? I forget. To oh. specifically Luke Cage or to oh, no. Black Widow? That's even worse. Wait, he does he does it to Black Widow? I don't. Well, Black Widow in the Ultimate Universe is a piece of shit. She's no, right. she's like a Russian spy. Everybody's but... a piece of shit in Ultimates. You're not being very. But, but specifically the though, Luke Cage. What would happen? Would he just be Ant Man, like wearing a Luke Cage suit? Like, <laughs> yes, they would both die. Edgar, Edgar, why is your skin all hanging off there? 
<laughs> but basically, yeah, I think he would be like all his stuff would get pushed out of his orifices. Right, oh. and he'd just be he'd be a Hank giant. Hank would be wearing like, a cage armor, like with, with yeah. Oh, oh God. Imagine if he was like somehow killed and dissected, and his skin was sold as armor. But if wow. Hank, <laughs> didn't that also I like also like not to throw shade just in Marvel like didn't that dumb shit also happen forever evil? Probably. Wait, mm, like what do you mean? Don't they have like a character that can grow in in uh Adam? in that forever evil group and like didn't oh, they also yeah, like yeah, grow yeah. big Mic and blow someone up? Micro uh micro or micron, the girl. Yeah. Yeah. She like because she's boyfriend girlfriend with Johnny Quick. Doesn't she like she like kill cyborg? She helps cyborg like get taken over by that one yeah, creature or whatever. Taken over by like a virus. Oh, is that grid? Yes. Yeah, he okay. becomes grid, and cyborg is just like on the ground, like cyborg's half, basically like a dying person. Yeah, he's yeah. like half a face and a heart, and then like some chest parts. Yeah, he's he's Robocop. Yep. Um, uh, kind of interesting little conversation we've gotten here. What what can you kill Luke Cage with? Uh, <laughs> knives. That's a no. Would, it, would adamantium cut through? No, Luke? they've done it in the comics that that's the one thing because I can't remember in what was the scrolls thing? Secret Invasion. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. Luke and they had to use a adamantium needle to pierce his lung. Oh. Yeah. yeah. So, like, adamantium is the only thing that can pierce his skin. Okay. Hmm. Hey, but, I wonder. You know, I wonder what vibranium would do then, or if his well, vibranium him. isn't like a. It's like a reactive metal. Right, but still, like, it's like uh, the most shock absorbent substance in the planet, isn't it? Like, yeah. I would say, like, if anything, like Luke's skin is like vibranium. Yeah, that's what, what I'm thinking. If a nuke went off and Luke Cage's asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Probably a very similar thing with the dynamite, except his insides would come out of his eyeballs at a much faster rate. Was well, it inside of it or outside of it? No, it's inside, obviously. Well, then he just like melts on the inside. Yeah, but yeah, he might he contain. Like... The, he might contain the radiation. So he's also like yeah, he might depending on like, how hard he can clench. He's also um, like Mortal Kombat fatalities. Who was it that said the Bushmaster reminded of a Mortal Kombat character? Was that you? That was me. It does kind of remind me of Mortal Kombat here. Like, all right, we're devolving into craziness right now. Wait, we are. He's, He's got Capiera. He's got the, knives. The one Street Fighter character. Oh, um, uh, Elena. No, no, no. The one that's from like the third one that's in the movie, but they don't really talk about him. The Jamaican guy. He has the uh, exact same. DJ. Thing. Oh, DJ. DJ. Because yeah. he's so boisterous and like loud. Well, like DJ's more. DJ's more fun. Yeah. <laughs> no, Bushmaster is fun when he stabs people. I mean, DJ DJ has literally not stopped smiling since he was born. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think we I think we've wrapped up episodes one through four in Luke Cage yeah. season two. Yeah, I mean, I guess final thoughts is a good way to sort of. I am very it. excited to watch the rest of the show, and I I I wasn't enthralled by Jessica Jones season two, and not because the quality I thought was bad, just because my enthusiasm for these shows has been down. Uh, it was, uh, it was, a, it carried through Punisher. Um, and I think it's like post defenders kind of blues where it's like, that wasn't what I really wanted it to be, but okay. So now um, I'm, I'm pleasantly I, excited to go through Luke Cage season two. Yeah. Uh, this is like, uh, this is like a huge step over Jessica Jones. I feel like 
where like Jessica Jones season two, like the A and the B and the C plot of those shows, like have nothing really to do with each other. Feel super disconnected, and then try and like force them back together by the end of the show. I guess that's fair. Yeah. The okay. A, the A, the, the A plot with Luke Cage, the B plot with Bushmaster, and the C plot with Mariah, like they all work together, and like and by the end, like everything works, like everything works mm. together. Well, just in these four first episodes, these four first episodes, I can tell that those three elements seem to kind of have this rotating nature to them where one of them kind of is a, is a catalyst or a causality for the other ones, like current drama. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, uh, I do like, I do want to say, I do like how they embrace kind of like the comic book, comic booky kind of like craziness where it's like Bushmaster is a, is a character who's goddamn insane. Like you had to mm -hmm. describe him to somebody like, He's a he's a Jamaican who like uses voodoo. He's a Jamaican who can squeeze bullets out of his pectoral muscles by thinking about it really hard. <laughs> yeah, he killed a man right. by slicing his eyeballs out. Slicing his skull in half. So fucking gross. And turn him into Cyclops. Um... Okay, but like, so Bushmaster does that, and then he like goes to his family's diner and just like hangs out, and he's like hugging people and like yep. having a good time. It's like. The guy's a sadist, man. There's probably brain on your hand still. My favorite part is leave this brother thinking that he's faster than Usain Bolt. <laughs> That's like, like a really I, funny, I, like, ongoing joke in that I, show. I, I, yeah, yeah, that that plays into this this thing I have with Bushmaster and that he's amusing to me because his his villainy towards Luke Cage seems to be built on the idea that, like, nobody will shut the fuck up about him, around mm -hmm. him. He's like, who did Luke Cage? And everybody's like, he's great. He's bulletproof and blah, 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 blah. And he's like, yeah. please shut up. I'm oh, tired of hearing this. Like, I'm going to take him into the face. Well, yeah, like, he the, doesn't really care about Luke street, that much. The people <laughs> on the street say that, but then he goes to that diner and they're like, yeah, they say like he's faster than Usain Bolt. Like, what the fuck is that bullshit? Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah, and like, Luke Cage goes down there before he kind of even like really knows what's going on. And they all make fun of him. Oh, I love that sequence because he shows up and they immediately start talking shit in him and he flexes his muscles and they're like, this isn't Harlem. Get out of here. And he just leaves. <laughs> He's like, yeah, they're right. <laughs> oh, man. I, I have no influence here. Um, okay. Um, I actually agree a lot with what John said, even though I did like Jessica Jones season two quite a bit. Um, the the individual plots didn't come together and so far it, Luke Cage's season 2 is coming together really well all the subplots are really working very well I like how interconnected it is that's something that I've always had a problem with on the Netflix shows is they never felt interconnected enough to me even compared to the movies Yeah, um, they always felt like just the bare minimum here we'll throw in hogarth for like a second or we'll throw in foggy for a second and then nothing else nothing else no, no, nothing at all you know you don't see a lot of newspapers with the devil of hell's kitchen you don't see you know the report of Kilgrave and him you know dying on television none of that stuff really affects the other shows um and this this one like almost immediately you feel the impact of defenders and the other shows um so that's something i really enjoy so far and i think that this show it just feels entertaining which is something that i like it feels different from the first season quite a bit but it still works um and it still feels it feels of a piece while 
being very different in it, it, terms it of tone. But going back to the silliness for a second, like the the drastic change is it's surprising how well that works because it's like mm-hmm. if you compare Bushmaster to say Cottonmouth, like or there's even some... Diamondback, like Diamondback is so uninteresting compared to Bushmaster immediately. Yeah, yeah. well, because I. I... I don't know what went happened there. What I don't know what happened there at all. Uh, I don't really want to speculate. I think that they just didn't cast the right actor. Well, it's um, almost like they lost faith in the character like halfway through the writing process. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. this doesn't work, but we're stuck with him. Yeah, like they gave him an interesting origin, and I think this the sort of the episode that I've called Die Hard with Luke Cage. I think that episode works really well, and he's good in that episode. But he kind of falls flat at various points. Well, and like the death um, knell was him showing up in that f- stupid suit. Yeah, which should have been cool. Like I, I he, agree with Har- Harlan that like I think it came to the actor's portrayal because the problem with Diamondback is that he's cartoonish. Yeah, that actor played it straight or not as. He says some ridiculous shit in that show. Like, yeah, exactly. He plays it so over the top. Like he went to the. Jada Pinkett School of Acting. Right. <laughs> His thing, that would work in this season, though. That's the weird thing. Yeah. His performance would work very well in this season. And also, I, don't, I don't even mean that it's necessarily the actor in terms of, like, that his performance is bad. I just think that he's the wrong actor for the role, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think he's the wrong uh, actor for the role. I don't think that portrayal would fit into this season. Mm-hmm. I, guess if I, I think could... it, would, it would fit better, I mean. I don't mean it would yeah. fit. I don't mean it would like fit in perfectly, but compared to last season, I think that that performance would work much better. Um, and again, I really do think though that Die Hard episode really works because he's he's. But it's mostly over the radio. That's the thing. It's him like taunting Luke. Um, and I think that that's where he works best. Where he's you know he's not there on screen. And I think by the time he, you have him in that weird like. G.I. Joe knockoff costume. The goddamn power it does look like a G.I. Joe character. It does. It's so it's or really like, like the green onesie. Well, like, yeah, it's I, a janitor of a high school. It looks yeah. like a, it looks like a very like oversimplified Bane costume. Mm-hmm. It's just not. It just yeah, and not his, his, his funny little visor. God, that was my favorite part. Yeah. <sighs> just hurting uh. me. <laughs> uh, Anyways, anybody I'll, else? Oh, go ahead, Lou. Yeah, Lou, yeah, Lou. My. The, the big things I got from this season are they compared to especially like Jessica Jones. I would say there's a lot of comparisons to Jessica Jones season two because these are both the post defenders shows. Mm-hmm. The charismatic antagonists in this season are so much better, so much mm-hmm. more fleshed out, and they give you backstory for both of them, including the last season of Luke Cage, where you're sympathetic enough where you understand why they are the people that they are when you are in the show. Like you guys haven't gotten to it, but like when you get to Bushmaster's backstory and his life, mm-hmm. I was kind of like, yeah, fuck these people. Uh, is it, is it as good as the Kingpins? Because that's, I think it's one of my favorite episodes of Daredevil. Possibly better. Okay. Um, there is a lot of, I would say this season compared to any other, there's a lot more you can compare to that first season of Daredevil. There's a lot of similarities there. And mm. the other part that I lo- I liked about this season is that the city feels like a city. You're so much more, New York is so much more fleshed out. You're not stuck in this kind of two by four neighborhood 
everything's wonky. You get to visit other things because we got to see the um, I can't remember his name, but he was like the Mexican guy, the furniture guy. I can't remember. His name. Oh, uh, El Rey. Yeah, mm-hmm. but they discuss and you get to see a bunch of other gangs. Like, there's a lot of gang stuff. We see uh, them, Puerto Rican gangs, obviously the Jamaicans, Italians, Koreans. There's like a whole bunch of other games, gangs. This season plays out to me much more like a fistful of dollars and it works for this character interesting and i think it's the way to do luke cage because like they i think they talk about it throughout the entire season he's a guy trying to put a band-aid on a dam yeah and they talk about that in this in episode like one or two yeah like, like every every corner he shuts down that's peddling drugs two more pop up yeah he can't do any like he's running around he'll stop one thing and two more pop up because, again, he's a guy that's in Harlem, in New York, and he's trying to stop crime in a city that's had crime since it was created. Yeah. It is, it's very much a Gotham City problem, where it's at the point of Gotham. The point Gotham is at, it's, it's never going back to normal, so this crusade is never ending. Yeah. Uh, gr- granted, Gotham is far worse. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Yep. Well, it's because Gotham is a fictional place, so they can make it as bad as they want. Yeah, in this right. world... Harlem is a reflection of the real world. Well, and mm-hmm. actually, in com- like comparatively speaking, I like Gotham City. And I actually like how, uh, in comparison to this, how Harlem reacts to Luke and like how there is kind of a pushback feel. Like everything does have seemed like it has like community wide effects. Yeah, well, I and I like that. And like I like that. One of the reasons I love Gotham City as like an entity is because it seems like everything that happens in Gotham has some sort of eventual pushback that just makes things worse. Well, one of the things I liked was how goofy that they had the, like, Find a Hero app or whatever it was called. Oh, the Find Luke Cage app or the Hero yeah. for Hire app? Yeah, and it just keeps fucking him over because anytime he wants to do something, the, like, the bad guy shows up. It's like, why do they you know, so have the app? Hero for Hire app? <laughs> yeah. We all have smartphones. That's actually, like, it, so it, it plays, like, a kind of a role in the show, but, like, uh, I thought that was going to be, like, it, like, it doesn't play, like, any larger role. It's a good excuse to have bad guys just show up in places where he is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know what? You're right. That's it is a it it's a handy narrative tool because you can kind of explain away anyone's presence. At a, if that's might be over convenient by saying like, oh, you're for higher app. Yeah. Everybody's taking pictures of you everywhere you go. Yeah. But they would. Yeah, exactly. Yep. The other thing I want to say is that like, I think that my favorite part of this season overall, again, because I might not be here for the other episodes, is like, I think they did such a great job on Misty. Like, oh, yeah. No, her stuff has been really, uh, really enthralling. Because this is almost, I know it's called Luke Cage, but it's almost like Luke Cage and Misty. Like, she's as much of a lead character as he is in this season. Hmm. Uh, and as I've said when we opened the show, I really like the fact that Misty has to deal with her uh, co-workers who are all a bunch of schoolyard children. Yeah. yeah. Especially, who, what's, who is that rival cop that shows up? Um, who is just consistently catty to her. I don't the, know. The Spanish girl? Like, yeah. She's uh, she's messing with sexy Will Graham, and I'm not into it. She's not. I'm, I'm not, yeah. not, not into that, man. Like, that Misty Knight. She like that secret. No, that's, no we're, we, we, that's our name for Misty Knight is sexy Will Graham. I love her. Because she's a super, she's a super uh, detective. She shows up at a crime right. scene and just puts it all together in her head. <laughs> yeah. We get to see her, like, not do it, not have the pendulum swing scene or whatever. Uh the other girl oh, yeah. is like a girl. I think the backstory is that they went to high school together or college. Something like that. Or they she was. I think. 
Every, I think it was the academy that they said that she. No, like... they know each other from farther back. Is it? They, oh, okay. There, every little thing that the show drops gets tied into something else later on, hmm. which is something I really like about the season. Like there is no loose threads. Hmm. Interesting. All right, want to wrap? Yeah, I think we're good. All righty. Uh, I've been Connor McGraw. Uh, movie dumpsters at well actually Tetsuo the Iron Man should be out soon uh, that was a really fun episode because all of us liked it and two of us hadn't seen it before uh, Tetsuo is a very strange experimental Japanese film from 1988 or uh, no that's Tetsuo 3 um, Tetsuo the Iron Man is a is a very strange aggressive uh, cyberpunk movie that I think everyone should go track down all right um a.a. Haro on all the socials and things and whatever you guys can find me uh lost Haro podcast every single week except for four because why not uh i think if things go well uh, <laughs> the second uh, episode of our uh, de palma thing that we're doing uh, should be coming out this friday uh last friday's episode is a vault episode from when we were still testing the show so uh, go listen to that if you want to hear our opinions on atomic blonde <laughs> among other things from last year so uh yeah go check that out yeah uh i i don't follow me anywhere fuck you <laughs> uh go outside read a book <laughs> ride a bike go talk to a girl something. I'm telling you, this is eventually going to devolve to shut your radios off and get off my lawn. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah that's it for me. Alright, me? Uh, sure. Cool. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, so I'm uh, John underscore Evan underscore Siler on uh, Twitter, or if you just look up Faku, you can probably find me there. Uh, if you are in the Los Angeles area next weekend, I will be working Anime Expo for Faku. Uh, we have a uh, dance party Friday night that's open to the public. We have an industry panel that's Saturday night and a uh, another panel that is also Saturday night. Uh, our special guest for it is uh, Kami Kato, who, if you're a fan of Spice and Wolf, did the art for the manga for Spice and Wolf. So, um, yeah, that's pretty much me. Damn. All right, so I'm Lou A. Gonzalez on everything. You can catch me and Alan, who we've talked about on Smallville Chronicles. Uh, the last episode had on... Oh, my God, I just blanked on the name. Uh, the guy who voices Zoom. Oh, Tony Todd. Oh. Tony Todd, as uh, in the episode Jitters. Basically, he gets irradiated with meteorite, and he shakes a lot and kills people by accident. <laughs> uh, I love it. It was supposed to be the second episode in the series, but they cut it into like the sixth, and it really makes a lot more sense if you think of it as a second episode in the series. But we did discover in our last recording that a person in the next Marvel MCU movie appears in five episodes of the Smallville series. And it's Chris Evans. <laughs> what do you I think? mean, I mean, his early career is, is, is pretty strange. It wouldn't surprise me. So the next MCU movie is Ant-Man. So who do you think would appear in five episodes? Of Smallville. Lawrence oh, is it um? Is Evangeline it Evangeline Lilly? Yeah, and she appears in the next episode we're going to be recording as girlfriend, and then four or five others as. Uh, as she she roasted every every guy in the MCU. As just an extra, yeah. There's, She's good. 
she's great. Hmm. She's amazing. I love her. Yeah, she's great in those god awful Hobbit movies. So I feel so yeah. bad for her in those Hobbit movies. Cause yep. There was, there was like a actual interview with her where she was like talking about how she would like do those Hobbit films, but she didn't want to be in like some kind of like love triangle romance and then like they're like oh yeah 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 we're not gonna do that and then they immediately do a rewrite and they put her mm-hmm. on love triangle romance <laughs> yeah. she's gonna be the one that probably survives the snap i mean oh, that'd be good well, it's gonna I mean, be Lawrence fishburn i must yeah. be interesting uh, if it was scott being stuck with michelle pfeiffer but uh, what? okay what if it's wasp and cassie lang well, oh, I, here, oh, yeah. I, I'm going to shoot this down because just Avengers yeah. 4 set photos yeah. disproves this all immediately. Mm-hmm. We know <laughs> Scott is going to be there. Yeah. But we don't we don't know. We don't know Michelle Pfeiffer. if She'll be dusted or not. Which Scott's going to show up and he's going to be like, he's going to be the MCU's dad. He's just going to be like, Thanos, come here. I, I mean, you have a heart to heart. Right. And then he's going to have a dance off. Uh, right. With Chris Pratt. Alrighty, that's been the show, everybody. Uh, I don't have anything else to say. Close the show. So bye. Bye. She's the backside. Fuck Chris Hardwick. Bye. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, fuck Chris Hardwick. Bye. (laughs) Hunter, what are you doing? You doing Jabba? I'm I'm doing the Paul Rudd uh, Ant Man laugh. Okay, the show's over. (laughs) 